Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hi, I'm Nora Jones, and today I'm playing along with Andrew Bird. I'm just playing along. Do 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 do. I do 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 with you. Do 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 do. I'm just playing along with you. I'm just playing along with you. Hey, I'm Nora Jones. With me, as always, is Sarah Oda. Welcome to our show. Hello. <laughs> and hello to you and you and you. Our guest today is the endlessly talented multi-instrumentalist and singer-songwriter, Andrew Bird. Oh, he's so great. This was a fun one. Yeah. He's an incredible violin player. He's very skilled in using a loop pedal, has a beautiful voice, and my favorite is his whistling. He whistles like nobody else, and it's a big part of his music, and we talk about that. And... um I've never met Andrew Bird until this podcast, but I've been a fan for 20 years, we figured out, which is crazy because I feel like I'm 20, but I'm not. (laughs) Um, He's put out 16 studio albums, and that doesn't even include uh, live albums and EPs he's also released. You'll hear about his evolution from playing violin at a very young age. Yeah. All the way through. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All, all the way through his finest work yet. Yeah, he's a cool guy. And this was, this is a fun one. Fun one. This is our first violinist, which is, I love because, you know, I, I played violin and viola when I was littler and, you know, through high school and stuff. And it's like, I felt like I got wedged into just the technical level of it being so perfect all the uh-huh. time. And like the competition of like, it was all about just getting the little medals and doing well in these like performances and it was never about enjoying it Mm. and and it you know took a lot of the fun out for me and I feel like that's kind of why I I kind of fell off of doing it but I feel like if I heard Andrew Bird when I was little and thought oh that's something I can do with violin awesome like I'll stay with it but I I didn't know that yeah that's funny that's too bad well you can still play though I've heard you Mm. I heard you on a little demo yep I heard you you can still do it can you whistle I can. Let's hear you. But I mean, you're no Andrew Bird. Well, give me a like. <laughs> give me a song. I don't. I'm like. I don't know. Maybe we should save the whistling for the. <gasps> oh! It's my birthday. You did it though. But I did it inhaling, and yeah. then I had too much air, and I couldn't. I, I couldn't exhale quick enough I'm to get more. I'm confused about in. why you could whistle in but not out. It's the same. Me too, my friend. Embouchure. Did you learn that word? Embouchure. That was me whistling in, and here's me whistling out. <laughs> I can't do it. I've tried. <laughs> Try moving your tongue around. Maybe we should get in to that your episode. <laughs> Oh God! I wish people could have seen what you just did. <laughs> I'm sure they could hear it. There's Awkward. nothing. There's nothing better than mouth noise on a mic. 
<laughs> That's a, like an album title. Okay, well, this episode is packed full of songs. Yeah, there's more music in this episode than most. And and we had a really good time. I think we do mostly. Yeah, it's all his songs. And Well, I'm not going to tell you. Never mind. There's Sit little, back and enjoy. There's a little surprise nugget in there. Um, please enjoy the incredible Andrew Bird. She's alone, she's alone, lone, lone diddy She's alone, she's alone, lone, lone diddy Get along, get along without her Get along, get along without him Every Saturday night she came in with him Table six in the back, tall beer and a gin Now she comes in alone, long diddy on When he lies, says he'll keep you safe off And he leaves and he makes you pay for your gin Now she comes in alone Thank you. 
I love that song. Thanks. That's from your new album, it right? Is. Yeah. It came out last year? Came out. I've lost all sense of time. Oh, yeah, passing, I'm with you. But um, <laughs> I think it was last spring, yeah. Okay. Did you write it all during the COVID times or before? Uh, some of it before. That one, I think, was written during. I was reading a lot of Joan Didion. I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but yeah, it also goes back to a, a story of a friend of mine who used to work at you know, I'm sure you know Baltazar. Yeah. Um, uh, used to seat them. Uh, her, uh, Joan Didion and her husband, uh, they had like a regular table. That's kind of how I pictured it when I was imagining what this was about. Yeah. I was picturing her in a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. It paints yeah. the picture. <laughs> yeah. But then it, it was in, I think, 2003 or 2004 when uh, she would seat them as the major D, you know, like uh, every Saturday night. And they had their, they ordered the same thing, got the same drinks. And then, then they didn't come in for like two months and then she came in alone. Oh God. That was right when all that was going down. I with, read that book. Yeah. Your Magical Thinking. Yeah. God, that's so heartbreaking. I know. Well, I love how this song paints it though. You know, she would love this. I wasn't sure. Um, it felt, I felt a little guilty about it. Like I was violating her privacy in some way, but given that there's that inside. <laughs> I feel like it's poetically um, pleasing to someone of her aesthetic you know mm. i think it's kind of beautiful but uh, i mean I, I couldn't hear that story and not do something yeah with it because it affected me so much you know it's, it's really beautiful yeah um Good. this song is manifest mm -hmm. which album is this from uh, my finest work yet <laughs> best album title ever <laughs> <laughs> um do you feel like that about every album, though, in general? Well, I was just, when you get to album number 15 or 16, you're like, who are we kidding? I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course. Why do I keep trying to Because people these? would always ask, ask if this, if, is this your definitive record or whatever? Exactly. And I was like, sure, sure it is. <laughs> you bet. How many albums have you put out? Like 16. It's crazy. Good. Three, four. I'm coming to the edge of the widest canyon, my companions, dear. Starting to question my manifest destiny, my claim to this frontier. I'm coming to the brink of a great disaster and just has to be near. The earth spins faster, whistles right past you, whispers death in your ear. Don't pretend you can't hear Don't pretend you can't I can hear tender rusting Digging 
it's what this earth wants Living Then to be exhumed in burnt to Vapor Can we save Now she's in the air Radical and free A blast to no one Well, I'm coming to the edge of the rising ocean Such commotion in Keeping all our eyes on what's on the horizon And all that we hold dear I'm coming to the brink of a great disaster And just has to be near The earth spins faster Whistles right past you Whispers death in your ear Pretend you can I can hear tender still Digging Everything that's walked this earth wants Then to be exhumed and burnt to vapor Can you save her? Now she's in the air Radical and free Not a goddamn care She's a blast to no one A to no Playing piano is, is perfect for that song. Oh, thanks. You know, I love that, playing that, that song. That, um, I don't know, what'd you call it? A little bit of like Memphis, dusty. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's. I was working on it this morning and I was like, oh, yeah, you're a perfect 
You picked the perfect songs for us together, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking this one and, and then Armchairs, which is one I hardly ever play because it's so sprawling. And, yeah, it's haunting. Um, but it's such a long, linear song, you know? It is, but it's so beautiful and it's like a whole journey, <laughs> yeah. you know? But, um, I like songs like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I remember recording that years ago and and I, I was telling you earlier, I don't play piano because my hand turns purple because I'm contort to play the violin for so many years that when I turn it the other way, it cuts off the circulation. But it's horrible. <laughs> I, I had a very, I was obsessed with how the piano should sound on armchairs um, with that kind of octave yeah. thing. Yeah, I and love so that So I just part. ended up playing it myself because. Did you play it like with two fingers? I kinda? think I had to do overdubs. Is <laughs> that sad? Like I can't. No, it's not. I think that. Some of my favorite piano parts in recorded history are from people who don't normally play the piano. You know, you, they're very yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like, it's more melodic sometimes in that it's way. It's true. Like, um, sometimes piano can go wrong pretty easily <laughs> <laughs> when you have too much at your disposal. But, um, yeah. but that, um, I always loved that, um, I guess they call it country politan style, of like the Nashville, that octave melody. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I've never heard it called that. Country Did you say Peloton? Country Peloton. Country Peloton. I thought I was thinking about the exercise about bike for a second. No. <laughs> country Peloton. I've never heard that. Like the, uh, the, um, like the Floyd Kramer kind of vibe? Or it's different? Um, who was the guy? There was a piano player that in the era of Shel Silverstein, that kind of hippie era of Nashville. Uh-huh. Uh, it was named like Pig or something was his name? I don't know. A session guy. And he would do that kind of rolling octave thing that like, became like, kind of part of... That kind of thing? That, but more in the low low end. Oh. Yeah. I'm trying to think who who's the best example of that sound. I think it's kind of like a early 70s, like, beautiful production. I love that. I must know it. Thing. I just don't know yeah, exactly I, the term to put to the thing that I yeah. probably know in my brain somewhere. But the, the theme to armchairs is that... I love it. Yeah. Um, should we do that one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. Three, oh, three. in the beginning, do you do the ambient stuff? Or you oh. want me to do a little something and then... I mean, I could... I or you want to do it on a... violin? That would, I think that would be cool. And then let me do the... Yeah, yeah. I just, and then I, you can switch while I'm doing that. It's a loop that I can uh, just cue up. I think that would be cool. Yeah, let me switch to the other violin. Okay. I dreamed you were a cosmonaut 
space between our chairs And I was the cartographer Of the tangles in your head I sat a song in silencing That everybody knows Oh, everybody knows The song That silence sings And this is how it Five and three eighths years later, at the bottom of a gigantic crater, an armchair calls to you. Oh, this armchair calls to you, and it, and it says that 
someday We'll get back at them all With epoxy and a pair of pliers As ancient sea slugs begin to crawl Through the ragweed and barbed wire I said it's sprawling. It's, it's a, sprawling. That's it. That's the sound. That's the countrypolitan <laughs> sound. Is it? Here I'm talking about countrypolitan. I'm not a music historian, but <laughs> I have heard that phrase before. I guess I have. Yeah. I, I think I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love this. Yeah. Can we do a gig now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should do some gigs. I don't know why we haven't done one up until now. I can't believe we've never met. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I got your first album in 2003, and I was really into it. And I've been a fan for it's 20 years ago. That's insane. That's insane. I can't even believe that. I know. Yeah, I love it. Where did you come from? Where do you come from? <laughs> <laughs> I come from France. Um, no, i uh, from Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Grew up there. Um, my mom is an artist, and she imagined all her kids playing classical music. So wow. I started Suzuki when I was four. Oh, wow. And I'm the only one that kind of stuck with it. And, <laughs> How many siblings? Uh, three other siblings. Okay, that's a big family. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was like twice a week. I would go to the, the group lesson and then the, the private lesson, and my mom just, she would pra she got a violin to learn with me. Oh my gosh, that's, that's a what they really said. sweet bonding thing. Yeah, so it's not an antagonistic thing. Like, yeah, you must practice. And then you're like, why don't you practice? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. I want to do that with my kids. Yeah, it. I'm going to steal that. It works when they're really young, but yeah. like with my kid, like he doesn't like me to play violin with him. Like he want, you know, he plays guitar and and just now he's 11, like he's letting me jam with him on, on violin. But he's like, keep it cool, dad. He'd prefer me to be <laughs> uh, inferior on the guitar with him, which I am already. That's pretty funny. Yeah. It's funny, the dynamic yeah. that happens. Yeah. But that's really cool. How long did she take, how long did she play with you? Or did she stop after the pretty beginning? Pretty soon after, yeah. Okay, but that's still a really nice entry and yeah. a nice way to bond with your parent. Yeah, it was it was it was good, and I remember I would always be like, okay, now now play Minuet One, and this is all by ear, which is the idea of Suzuki. Okay, and yeah, I was gonna ask because I don't really I know of it, but I don't really know. 
That's what I thought, though. Yeah, which is a complaint that people have about it, but I think it's like the whole point. Well, it's great for young kids. That's the whole yeah. point, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I would be like, oh, she'd say, play menu at one. I'd be like, how does it go? And then she'd be like, go, yeah, da 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 Like she'd just get carried away singing it for me. And I'd be Your like, mom? Oh. Yeah. And I'd be like, I got it. I got it. Like, that's really sweet. Um, but that's funny because Suzuki is a classical method. Yeah, but there's folk tunes in there, Okay, because I was going to say, it seems really good to set somebody up for playing non-classical music. It was key for me yeah. to get to it get up. It makes your ears huge, right? Huge. So much so that, that my ear could always learn things faster than my brain could with yeah. sight reading. Um, so, But it got extreme when I would have to, I'd be in an orchestra and I'd have to learn uh, Strauss's Don Juan, which is like a page of black notes, yeah. you know, and I couldn't really sight read well enough. So I'd get those tapes, you could buy cassette tapes that would loop and they would play the same passage over and over again oh, and I would play it when I went to sleep. And that's how you learned it. That's how I learned it. That's cool. It kind of sets up the whole, my whole image of how you play and it makes a lot of sense. Right. It's, and then once I got out of music school, I never, I'm rarely had to read or needed or wanted to read anything. Reading is hard for me. My kids are taking piano now, and it's super simple, so I can read it. But when it gets to two-handed, many notes, I, I'm like, I, I learned that way, but not really since I was eighth grade, maybe. I kind of started reading chord charts after that, and that's just right. so much easier for me. Yeah, yeah. But um, did you were you in bands? And did you go to college? Yeah, I went to Northwestern Music School. Is that a is that a broad music school or is it mostly classical? It was mostly classical. Okay. They had a small jazz program, but it wasn't very far along. You know, it was like, yeah. Don't play with vibrato because you won't get the gig. You know, kind of. Yeah. Very, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like very like dogmatic. Um, anyway, it was. Um, you know, we could talk about that for a while. I'm sure yeah. the jazz. The oh, jazz I went program. to jazz school. Yeah. It, but it's different because I'm not a, a string instrument player. Right. But that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I was itching to get out of the Western music thing and I, yeah. it, in school. And, and I did study jazz through ethnomusicology because there was a fairly well-known professor there that taught, um, who studied jazz as an ethnomusicology thing. So we'd have okay. to transcribe Coltrane's Blue Train and, yeah. and various solos. I'd have to um, learn them. And was that, that the first time you were into jazz in high school or were you hearing it growing up? Uh, I didn't hear it growing up. It took me a while to find the, the, the stuff I liked. Yeah. Because uh, you, in college, you just jump right into hard bop. Yeah. Like, it's like, here's giant steps. You yeah. Know, it's like, wait, where's the history that got us to giant steps? You yeah, know? yeah. It's like there's a lot of things that led to that for yeah. them. Yeah, that's, that's funny. I remember somebody telling me about giant steps. Um, I went to Interlock and Arts Camp in oh, high school yeah. for two years. And I, I, went, in, I went there for a summer. You did? Yeah. 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 We weren't there at the same time, but um, <laughs> it was fun, right? Did you like it? No, you hated it. I loved it. It was like the best. But summer you went of my to the life. school. You went to the. Oh, did you? No, go to I the went school? to the summer. Okay. Yeah, summer camp. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the the orchestras, were brutal. Well, it seemed brutal actually. I I, I get that because I had a lot of classical friends. I was one of very few jazz majors because they had a small. They had a great jazz program, but it was small. And um, I would. I loved going to hear the orchestra every week, but yeah, it seemed kind of hard. <laughs> but I remember this girl who was another one of the few jazz majors. She played Barry Sax, and she was a character. And um, she was like, I was like, what are you listening to? Oh, I'm learning Giant Stubbs. And I was like, oh, what's that? Cool. <laughs> and she, she was like, you haven't heard of Giant Stubbs? I was like, 
you know, I'm 15. Yeah. And it was kind of a funny introduction to it as well, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of all, that, that sort of what we call jock jazz kind of oh. world of like, you know. It's like, Technique. Yeah. I like when I hear people play Giant Steps as a ballad. It's actually really beautiful. Yeah, I sure. Lo- yeah, it's amazing. Um, I've, I'm getting ready to make a, a jazz album, so I'm, this is great timing. Oh, wow. Because I've always, I mean, my first couple records were kind of in the jazz idiom to some, but kind of an old-timey version of it. Yeah. It's like the long, it's, I've had a long relationship with, as a listener to jazz. It's just my go-to. Yeah. And the particular branch of the jazz tree that I'm, I've always loved is like the, you know, you got the, it starts with New Orleans, Sidney Bechet, Louis Armstrong, then the great tenor players like Coleman Hawkins. I love Coleman Hawkins. Lester Young is my favorite. Yeah. And they go, uh, I'm just kind of, ignore, kind of ignoring the Charlie Parker part oh. of the tree <laughs> at this point and going straight to like the f- mid 50s when those, okay. those guys were kind of at the end of their career. Mm-hmm. And making really beautiful albums. Yeah. But it's mostly those tenor players that I, I, I respond to more than It's jazz like a voice. Yeah. They sound like a singer. Yeah, because it's, it's the read, era. it's the read, it's the breath. Yeah, it's um, very breathy. And that the phrasing that comes from it being a breath of air, I think that lends to it. And then that kind of rich tone. And that's what I'm trying to, just, just in the last couple of months, like I'm going back into student mode a little bit. Yeah. And trying to like get to another level as an improviser. Was that something you did a lot early on in college when you were getting into that kind of zone? I mean, generally, I never have been a great student of music. I've always just gotten in my bones enough to yeah to get by. Because you seem like a great improviser, especially when you see you do the loopy stuff, and mm. it seems like it's all improvised. A lot of it is, um, but when it comes to um, those. Like I can't tell you that that what's happening. This passing chord is like a thirteen sus nine, like yeah. Neapolitan six, whatever. Like I don't yeah. know what's happening in music theory wise, and I don't really, still don't feel like I need to. I yeah. just get it in my bones and just play. <laughs> there is a lot of math in uh, jazz chord progressions, mm-hmm. and and it's nice to know a little bit of the basics to feel like you yeah to feel like you understand what you're doing but yeah you yeah there's also so many great musicians who don't have that and they're they're just as amazing so music is such a funny thing in that way it is i think it is i I guess i've been i've been thinking about this lately like i don't want to learn enough so much math that i would be able to play something beyond what i hear in my head yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or, you know, I feel like also some people learn it all and then you get to the place where you've learned it and you can kind of forget it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm similar to you. I don't really, I'm a little of a lax student of mm-hmm. the technical stuff, you know, but right. I love um, to go with the flow. I'm with you there. Hence this. <laughs> yeah. um, and I grew up playing jazz. That was my main thing until after I left uh, North Texas. I went two years to jazz school in mm-hmm. college, and then I came to New York, and I, I went to the jazz clubs, and I loved it so much. But um, then I got into like songwriting and mm-hmm. other stuff, and I never had a lot of chops. I could never play fast mm-hmm. in that genre, you know. Right. And um, because I'm the laziest practicer on the planet. <laughs> I, I am too, honestly. Yeah. 
I'm I'm just a a free range practicer. I don't stay on task. <laughs> like I just I, yeah, I ha- I'm too distracted. I'm like I'm, that. But yeah, I think you know it takes all kinds. I I appreciate people who can do that. Lock yeah. themselves in a room. I feel like at Interlochen, I remember a lot of people like that. They were locked in their practice huts uh-huh. in the woods, um, practicing. Yeah. Which I, I still, that's the most sentimental sound to me, just a bunch of people practicing in the woods. It's either, sent, it's both sentimental and the sound of madness. Yeah, it too. is the sound of madness, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So you're doing a jazz record, that's very cool. Yeah, just, um, the first one is gonna be uh, my favorite standards. Yeah. Um, and the second one is going to be more of a free. free okay, thing. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to get through the, the my favorite old classic tunes. First. Some really good ones. Such as Body and Soul, which is like, I feel like that's, again, the Coleman Hawkins solo on that one is famous. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's such a, I heard, I just got into it in the last few years and I was like, that is about as good as it gets. That's like <laughs> the best music I've ever heard is, is the way he plays on that tune. And I've, that's what I mean about going into student mode is like, I want to I figure out what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, it could take a couple more years to really, <laughs> maybe a lifetime to figure it out. But Well, I mean, he was so good, but also he's also just playing from his heart, which is, I think, what it is Yeah. as well. Yeah, totally. That's the goal, right? Yeah. I'm trying to connect also like all these years of just sitting on the couch writing songs have kind of what I can whistle in my head is way beyond what I can play on my violin these days. Yeah. It used to be closer together. Uh-huh. So that's kind of where I'm at trying to connect that's funny. what's in my head to my instrument again. Where did the whistling come from, by the way? When did you learn to whistle? Could you just always whistle well? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I just do it incessantly. Like nonstop, it would drive you nuts. I love it. it would... <laughs> I can't whistle. No. No, I know they say you just put your lips together and blow, but I I've tried my whole life. I can whistle sucking in a little bit, mm-hmm. but not out. Through the teeth at all? I have teeth. You have teeth. Oh no, I can't whistle through my teeth. Is that whistling? Not really. Anyway, we can go over this later. Maybe you can talk to me. Yeah, I feel like it's a. It's just like, I kind of feel like it must be like singing where you just kind of are good at it. It's kind of in you or it's not maybe, and you get better at it, but yeah, maybe it's just something you were born whistling. I, I, de- I definitely was from an early age and, and it's, I didn't put it on albums at first because I thought, you know, whistling so easy. Why would you do something that's so easy? <laughs> or I was afraid it would just be considered like a novelty thing. But then it, then it seemed kind of weird to be whistling all day long and then go in the studio or go on stage and not whistle. <laughs> and not whistle. Like, like just, it just seemed um, conspicuous not yeah. to do it. But it's so cool because your whole thing is really unique and the whistling is part of what makes it unique. And, and then you don't whistle on every song, but when it comes in, it's like, it's so special, you know? I, I think know. it's because it's just... It's part of you. I don't always intend for it. I don't say, oh, here's where I'm going to whistle. Yeah. But it's sometimes it's like my hands are busy playing. And so to carry the melody, the, oh, here's where the melody goes. I'll whistle. And it's so, it's so much just like what I'd be doing when I was doing the dishes. Yeah. That it becomes more honest than 
anything else. Yeah, it's just another way of getting at the melody. Yeah. It's just, you use what you got. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You want to try... Um, what is next? Um, I have... Is it Lusitania? Lusitania? Lusitania. Um, do you want to do this one duet-like? Do you know the lyrics? Yeah, I can do the... I can do that part, yeah. The second verse? Who sings that on your record? Uh, Annie Clark. I thought so. That's so funny. I was like, man, that sounds like Annie. But then I didn't have time to look it up. And I was like, no, that's not Annie. No, that sounds like Annie. Yeah, that's no. crazy. Yeah, I heard it. We were, we were touring together and when I wrote that song, so... Um, yeah. That's awesome. All right. Um, <clears throat> you ready? Mm-hmm. One. If you loosen libel lips They keep sinking all my ships Oh, then you're the one who sank my Lusitania but somehow don't register as pain at all till it finds a crooked vein Yes, you have Hoss not remember the main
That's a good one. It's, I, I love your lyrics. They're really, uh, it's fun to dig into music this way. Cause you know, when you're listening, I can't, I don't really tune in on every lyric all the time. Mm-hmm. So to actually read them, it's, they're beautiful. Thank you. Okay. So I assume Lusitania is a ship. Can you yeah, explain it? There's two ships in the song. There's okay. the main, which was, the Spanish-American War was uh, sunk in the harbor in in Cuba, and, and it's what what it was the reason for us to go to war with Spain. Okay. And the Lusitania was the reason for us to go to war um, in World War One. Jeez, man. Um, but um, so it's like it's as a metaphor for like um, uh, conflict in a. Yeah. personal relationship so it goes from macro like yeah. history to yeah, personal like um and uh you're laying, laying minds along your show or you know creating these like uh it, it's 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 imagining a couple that's that's um i can deliberate, imagine it deliberately wounding each other <laughs> i can definitely imagine deliberately abating my battleship man yeah <laughs> yeah i could see yeah, that. yeah yeah i don't need to explain it too much do i no no you don't um, have to explain it but i i just just such a great word Lusitania. Yeah, it's also like- the name of uh, the the Roman name for Portugal. Oh, cool. Okay, I feel like I'm learning a lot. You read a lot, I think. Am I right I, about that? I do read a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially as I get older, I read pretty yeah. much. Yeah. It's Keep it up. Fun. Most people are reading less these days, mm-hmm. so that's no, I great. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Most people just read their phones more. I liked that one. Was that okay? That was brilliant. Okay, it's cool. so nice to, I love singing with piano and I don't do it that often, but yeah. it brings out something cool with uh, the way I sing and I, that I like. I love when you get all uh, high and lonesome. You have that quality sometimes in your voice and it mm. makes me, it gives me chills. It's really, mm. really great. Um, uh, makes me want to do like an old country tune with you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that's your next venture. Maybe we'll do a country. Let's do a country record. <laughs> let's do a country record. <laughs> that will be really fun. Yeah. I love the duet too. Like, yeah. I sometimes. I noticed that you have a lot of, you sing with a lot of different women, right? Or is there one specific yeah, person? Um, no, it's mostly, I just feel like after in an album, like after three or four songs from the same point of view, you ready for someone else? Yeah, something to, fresh. <laughs> yeah, to to because it just feels no matter how good a record might be, you get a little exhausted from the same point of view. But um, and I like what duets bring out in in me. Plus, there's there's when I'm writing the song in my head, there's um, you know how like you're you're there's a conversation in your head between self one and self two usually, mm-hmm. and. But since it's in your head, there's no need for pronouns. It's just you talking to you. <laughs> yeah. So at a certain point, I'm like, wait, who's talking to whom? Who's playing what role? And then I have to like consciously step away and say, okay, 
this person, this could be a, a, a little one act play. Yeah. You know, a conversation between two people. And then I like to kind of cast yeah. those two people. In. I like that. But it's usually, I figure that out after I've written that kind of song. I never think to write duets in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, but do some songs come as internal conversations now? I, I bet they all do. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they all do. Yeah. But that's an inter- interesting way to frame it, you know. Thinking about songwriting, I feel like everybody has their own little way of doing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm doing until it's almost done. Yeah, but I think that's the best, most fun way to do it. Yes. You know. Yes, and then that last twenty percent you have to finish is 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 a, is hard. <laughs> yeah, it can be stressful because you want it to be great, and you don't want it to be. Yeah. Incomplete. And um, you're using a different part of your brain. You're like trying to. Yeah, it's true. You're really creative, and like you're you're capturing everything in spurts, and then you have to sort of wrap it up. Mm-hmm. You have to make sense to your audience, exactly. or at least. Make some attempt to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What else would you like to try today? Um, Well, we could try ellipses if you don't mind me um, Mm -hmm. playing along. (laughs) Of course, we did it earlier and it was kind of awesome for a second, but I think we were talking over it. But um, I would love to try that one because I think it's so cool, your loop situation. Did that start out of necessity or how did that start? Kind of. I... So I, I got up to the point of having a five-piece band in the late 90s. And a lot of people. It was a lot of people, and it was starting to... Um, I kind of felt like my songs were getting inadvertently hijacked by the, by the band, as great as they were. Well, when you have so many people on stage, everybody has to have something to do. Right. And it, it kind of... It can be hard to capture the same intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise, like, why are you paying everybody to lay out half the tune, you know? Right. So, but when you've got, when you've got a big ear, you're adapt, you become adaptable as yeah. a player. Like, you hear someone go in a certain direction and you go with them, even though that's not really what, where, how yeah. you heard it. So, to get to that, your question is like, I kind of disbanded the band for a while and moved out to the middle of nowhere for two years. And where is that? Western Illinois. Okay. Um, near Dubuque, Iowa, near the Mississippi River. Wow. Um, Sounds cold. It was cold. Yeah. <laughs> it was cold and lonely, but it was it was necess- by yourself or necessary. with a partner. I was, I was by myself. Oh, that's intense. Yeah, it was intense. Um, and I was twenty nine, and I remember talking to this guy who ran this local club, and he's like, "This is the point where you should be thinking about going to New York or L.A. in your career." And I'm like, "Nope, I'm going to <laughs> going to Dubuque." That's um, a very strange choice. Um, but it was, anyway, I, I brought one of these um, looping pedals with me. Ah. And it wasn't like I was going to replace the band. It was, I wasn't thinking that. I was just, it allowed me to expand an otherwise linear instrument into a one with multiple layers and, and yeah. demo on the fly, kind of. You know, to, I could play 26 seconds, which is enough to get in 16 bars maybe. Yeah. You could choose the verse or the chorus, one or the other. That's pretty cool, though. Um, and then I didn't think, oh, I didn't think this anyone would go for this live. But then I was in a situation where I couldn't get a band, and I had to play solo, and um, and it went pretty well. People love it. I think it's so fun for people to watch you create something on the fly. You know, it feels like very, very inside. 
the mm. process for people. For me, even like even watching you do it earlier when you were checking the sound, mm. it's it's kind of incredible. And then it gets so big, you know. Yeah, it becomes such a huge sound from one person. It does it? It works um, with the violin to a point. It works with this particular one because it fades out the old ideas as you layer new ones in. Ah, I like that. Other ones layer everything at the same volume and frequency, so they just build up the same frequencies and it gets yeah. congested. Yeah, that's really key, And just I think. creatively, it allows you to go, you could end up somewhere completely different than where you started. That is really, technology can be so creative. <laughs> it <laughs> I mean, can yeah, be. I don't know what the word. It, as but, long as you keep it, uh, yeah. keep it uh, something kind of fast and dirty like this. Okay. Because it's like, it's just like, I don't like recording myself at home. I don't know if you feel that. I don't like pressing play and record. But this is kind of like, this is like my four track demo yep. thing. But it's like, as soon as you want to move on to a new idea, you have to erase the, you can't get precious about anything. You have to like, That's what's cool about it. It's like analog and spontaneous and improvising. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So the, this tune, um, Ellipses, is from Echolocations, which is a project I did a few years ago and continue to do. Um, and it's... Uh, this is just something I uh, completely improvised. That's why when you asked to do it, I had to go listen to it. Yeah. I, it was like, I could have done 50 of these. It sounded totally like different. it was. Yeah. I, I, that's why I said, or something like it. But yeah. I do love this recording of it. It's great. Um, well, let's just cool. mess around. I'm going to, I wish I had a loop now. <laughs> I'm going to try that. I wonder if that would be weird with the piano. <laughs> it, I don't know. You I don't either. It. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was so fun. Wasn't it? Yeah. That is so cool how it fades slowly and mm -hmm. it turns into something else completely. Yeah. It's like a metamorphosis of mm -hmm. that. That is that I never thought about it that way. Yeah. It's just fun to do these, um, uh, these sort of polyrhythmic patterns. There's, yeah. there's endlessly, um, fun to play over. What is your, um, I'm not a good gear person, but if we record it, I'll remember it. What, what do you use? What is that loop pedal? It's a Line 6 uh, DL4. I just call it the green box. It's great. Okay, I'm getting one. Yeah, you should. I don't know what I'm going to use it with, but I'll get one. Yeah, go for <laughs> it. I, this was so fun. Can we, do, can we just go on tour and, or do something sometime? Done. That would be fun. Let's do it. Do you ever tour um, solo? Or you, do you always have different sort of incarnations of what you're doing based on the project you're doing? Yeah, I'm somewhere between a trio and a quartet now, but I've, there was a time when I, uh, in those, or those lonely, isolated days out in the country where I would just go straight from this barn I was living in, load up my uh, van and go on tour by myself. And uh, wow. And I still, and then other times I would be on tour with the, with the band and then they would have to get back to their families and I would just, one night it would be a full band, next night it would be solo. Oh, wow. No matter what was happening. Out of necessity, but. I mean, I could travel light in those days when I was yeah. trying to build an audience. Do you like, did you, looking back, I mean, obviously you do what you do, but do you like traveling alone like that? There must be some freedom to it. And also, do you get bored? Back then or? it was an adventure for it, sure. Yeah. Oh, you it don't was, really get bored musically if you have the loop pedal like that, I feel like. No, I would just be like so, you know, legally drunk, exhausted <laughs> from like driving eight yeah. hours between shows. and Yeah, no, doing all the work yourself. No tour manager, no, nothing. And uh, But it was kind of like, I was finally getting an audience and I was just like, let's go, you know, and I was yeah, just like, you were I felt like I was excited. Robin Banks or something. It was like, <laughs> I felt like an outlaw basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, you against to, the world. Yeah. Crossing state lines. That's pretty you know, cool. Merch money in one pocket, show, you know, show money in the other. See, I've never done that on my own. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then I, always before I was about to have a total either mental or physical breakdown, I would just in time get the support I needed to keep. Yeah. You know, that's great. Yeah, it's not sustainable forever. But I still like the freedom of playing solo. Like, yeah. um, and, but it is a bit lonely. Yeah. Yeah, it can be lonely, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, anything, if you do too much of it, you get to where you want to do something else. Yeah. Musically, I feel like. Yeah. You know, but sure. that's cool. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Just <laughs> a duo? Just, yeah. Yeah. Just. I've never done a solo. I, I mean, since those early days of restaurants, I haven't really done a lot of solo shows because I don't, I could do like a 20 minute set, but I, I feel limited by my lack of uh, technique to do fast stuff, I guess. Right. Like I'm afraid it'll be all too similar tempo or something. And I really feed off of other people. Yeah. I have more fun. Yeah. I have a lot more fun playing that way. Yeah. So. I do too. Well, thank you so much. It was so great to meet you. My pleasure. I'm so glad you asked me. I am too. Oh, that was so fun. Wow, he's really just so good. So good and, and so sweet. And so, like, calming. Mm -hmm. I'm calm. Soothing. I'm soothed. His songs are beautiful. 
I love that his songs are stories. They're really interesting. Yeah, the his lyrics song, are just yeah. They're he's a like storyteller. Interesting lyrics. I wonder what his brain is like on the inside. Hmm. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for being my friend, Our Sarah. Friend. Oh, Oda. I thought you were telling them thanks. I was, and then I switched okay. it. I didn't know what to thanks do. Thanks to anybody who's it my got friend weird. for being my friend. Thanks to all of you for listening. We love you. Love you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to Nora Jones is Playing Along wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a new episode. This episode was recorded at Golden Hour Sound in Glendale, California by Eric Rosinski, mixed by Jamie Landry, edited by Sarah Oda, additional engineering by Matthew Vasquez, artwork by Eliza Fry, photography by Shervin Linez, produced by me and my Oda.